the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon and welcome. Winter solstice day, December 21st of 2022, the shortest day of the year. And uh, on top of all those things, it's a very strange day indeed. Kath? What a sad, sad day to wake up in the morning and hear about the shocking death of Franco Harris. This was going to be Franco Harris week, you know, not just in Pittsburgh, but across uh, the nation. All those who love football celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception on Saturday. And to think, I mean, I think it reminded tons of us of when uh, Willie Stargell died the opening day of PNC PNC Park. Park. Yeah. Very same parallel, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it was going to... A gigantic celebration has been planned. Right. I'm sure some vestiges of it will continue to go on. But it'll have such a different subdued tone. When I woke up this morning, turned on the radio and heard people talking about Franco, I didn't even think twice about it because, of course, that's what we're all going to be talking about this week. Sure. And then I thought, why did I sound so sad? Never. I I just, I mean, it's just so unexpected. It really is. And a, a, a favorite son of Pittsburgh. I mean, he transcended football. I mean, in he a sure sports-obsessed town, Franco was the match that lit it all. I mean, you can't really overstate the importance of that singular play and then how ignited NFL football. I mean, the, the football was good, but it became a billion-dollar industry based upon the Steelers' run and, of course, started by the Immaculate Reception. I mean, it just changed the nature of sports in this country. And you have to go back to Franco. I would say that oh, yeah. he's the beginning De- of it. December 23rd, 1972 was the Immaculate Reception. It was the first playoff victory in franchise history. Um, it changed everything for the team. Art Rooney said uh, that that was what that was the moment that turned it around. Yep. That was what it was. Um, not only that, though. And, you know, there are so many articles coming out now. And in the next few days, we're just going to be inundated with them. But Jason Gay wrote a a, a nice piece. Wonderful piece. uh, For the Wall Street Journal. uh, And he must have done it fast uh, to get it up so that we could read it. Um, Not just the Immaculate Reception. So many other highlights of his NFL career. I mean, just shocking that we could claim him as a Steeler. He was MVP of Super Bowl IX. Um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990. He was going to have his, uh, so heartbreaking to say this, he was going to be there and have his jersey retired. Yep, only one of three. On Saturday. And I said yesterday that he was the first one. Right. And I, I didn't realize that Ernie Stautner and Joe Green had had their, their uh, jerseys retired. At least their numbers say retired. Adam Ladd was retired. <laughs> right. we'll, okay. so, Could have been we'll, worse. We'll make a lot of our apologies as the show goes on. But so he'd be the third player, the third Steeler to have his jersey retired. Um he said when when uh, he was asked about having his jersey retired, he said, it's like giving you flowers when you're still around to smell them. <laughs> Franco. I mean, all I can say in in 
in light of all of this and just trying to kind of come to grips with such a sad day for the city of Pittsburgh is that he did he he was in the process of all of the beautiful things that were going to be said about him and all the things he's going to experience this week. Yep. Um, he knew it was coming. You know, this is the man who did not want to be drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Uh, Chuck, Pittsburgh. Chuck Knoll did not want to draft him. Franco who? Exactly. He wanted, he he just said, I hope you guys know what you're doing yeah. when they when they drafted Franco. He ended up rushing for 1,055 yards as a rookie, named the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, he said in, uh, um, in, and I'm reading this from the, from the trip today, but also I heard it in a terrific interview that Ron Cook did with him a couple of weeks ago where he said, I don't even remember the immaculate reception. Like I remember getting into the end zone, but I don't remember the moment the play itself. of doing it. When you see the play, and of course it's all over YouTube, it happened so quickly. Right. It was like, what, what just happened? Right. I, I think everybody was in a state of shock. Yeah. The thing about Franco, at least for me, and I think probably this for a lot of people, you know, that team, the, those that dynasty of the 70s, a lot of players came and went. Terry Bradshaw rarely comes back to Pittsburgh, but Franco stayed, made it at his home, and his goodwill efforts over all those oh years gosh. with local charities, nonprofits, he was the face of the franchise and just embraced the city. And, of course, the city embraced him back. How many times have we seen him oh. in public over the years? Any number of times. I mean, any number of times. I I have to dig out a picture. We have a picture with Franco. Oh, please find like, uh, like seriously, I bet five hundred thousand people have a picture with Franco. Right. Because he was so available, generous yep. with his time and himself. We were at. I think we were doing some publicity for the blood bank. <laughs> Years ago, and Franco was doing it too. And we just so showed up. There we he have, was. We have pictures with our him. Kids. We have pictures with our kids with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Hope you find it. Because yeah. I, was, I was thinking, where is that photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, told my kids that, today. I said, hey, you got a picture with Franco? He goes, I vaguely remember. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that I don't think I've seen him since you and I were with him at the opening of the Mr. Rogers movie. <laughs> right? When right. you tried to take Joanne Rogers' seat. Sat next to him. And what did Franco say to you? Nice try. <laughs> Franco has voted to the Pro Bowl nine times in his career. He surpassed a thousand yards rushing in eight seasons, including his last one yep. with the organization. He still got over a thousand yards in that last season. Fabulous. I mean, just number Franco. fifteen all time on the list. Outstanding. Are we doing top four? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a very busy day here, of course. So, without further ado, please, Kath, give us the top four at four. <laughs> Of course, the biggest news across the United States in the sports world is the death of Franco Harris. You can see that on the front page of just about Everywhere. every New York newspaper Times, Washington Post. in the country. Everywhere. Um, other than that, I'll go here for number one. Taliban security forces in the Afghan capital today enforced a higher education ban for women by blocking their access to universities with video obtained by the AP showing, have you seen this, John? Women weeping and consoling one another outside one campus in Kabul. The Taliban rulers a day earlier ordered women nationwide to stop attending private and public universities. Uh, They did not give a reason for it. Uh, On the day that it happened, I was so pleased... And gratified to see that there were male university teachers resigning from their positions, dozens of male students walking out of exams, submitting blank papers, according to CBS News. Um, Also, girls are banned from middle school and high school. Also, they're barred from most fields of employment in Afghanistan and ordered to wear head-to-toe clothing in public 
women also, John, banned from parks and gyms. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said yesterday that no other country in the world bars women and girls from receiving an education. It's heinous. Absolutely heinous. Number two. Ukrainian President Zelensky has arrived in the U.S. and has met with President Biden. He will deliver an address to Congress in his first trip outside Ukraine since Russia invaded in February. Um, As he arrived, the State Department unveiled a new military aid package for Ukraine worth, wow, $1.85 billion, which will include a Patriot missile battery for the very first time. Uh, A senior administration official said that this system, which is highly effective at shooting down planes and ballistic missiles, will be a critical asset for them. And the U.S. will train Ukrainian forces on how to operate the Patriot missile battery in a third country. It's a dangerous times. It's also from CBS News. Number three, a plan by Scotland's government to make it easier for people to change gender for legal purposes has sparked all sorts of debate with lawmakers arguing inside the Edinburgh Parliament. A bill introduced by the Scottish National Party-led government would allow people to transition by self-declaration, removing any need for medical diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Opponents, including Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, claim the simplified procedure risks allowing predatory men to gain access to spaces intended for women. You can read all about that story in today's Associated Press. And number four, heavy snow in northwestern Japan. It's not just here, people. Since the weekend has left several people stranded, hundreds of vehicles on highways, three people have lost their lives. They have got six and a half feet of snow in parts of Nagata, Yamagata, and Amori. And that is your top four. All right. We're supposed to get uh, a couple of inches and some cold uh, temperatures. So that that makes it sound like it's not that bad, right? I mean, come on. Very good. Yeah, we're going to continue to talk about Franco Harris as the show unfolds. Mm -hmm. Craig Wolfley will join us at 5.30 to talk about um, his fond reminiscences of Mr. Harris. Very nice. And uh, we'll hear Ben Roethlisberger's statement to the public today. Excellent. And coming up next, we'll talk about this. Silence. Silence. We'll talk about why we need silence, what it teaches us. That's straight ahead. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home. 101.5 Word FM. That's W-O-R-D. W-O-R-D. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new Christmas music. New New music. New music from Pittsburgh's David DeMarco. Oh, come all you faithful. Merry Christmas, happy holidays from Taryn Wells. And I heard the bells on Christmas Day from Aaron Schuess. The best new Christmas music. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends on Word FM. Rhema Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rhema aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rhema is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Most of us think about praying during life's big moments, but what about the ordinary moments? God is just as present then, and the book Every Moment Holy will help you acknowledge Him in the routines of life. 
You'll find more than 100 prayers to pray while cooking or doing chores or shopping. Request Every Moment Holy today from Truth For Life at truthforlife.org slash donate. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at SNC.TV. 9,997. No, no. Suppose no. Thomas Edison had given up. 9,998. Uh, but his failures only led him to the next idea. 9,999. Picture Times Square, dim, mm. Las Vegas, dark, your home, black. Picture no electric light. 10,000. Come on, come on. <laughs> Optimism. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. We live in a very loud world, mm-hmm. a very loud world. I, I was thinking about sound, and, and I, then I thought, well, maybe the only time we hear silence is whenever we are sleeping. And f- probably for a lot of people, that's not even true. I mean, people sleep with the radio on, people sleep with the television on. There's always an overlay of audio somewhere coursing through our brain. That's why we're happy to welcome to the show today uh, Sarah Hauser. And Sarah is a writer and uh, a speaker. She's the author of a work called All Who Are Weary, Finding True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. Sarah's here today to talk to us about why we need silence. Hey, Sarah, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Sarah, this is a beautiful piece you've written. Um, And I have to be honest and say I haven't spent a lot of time in the book of Habakkuk. Um, but you have, and so I'm grateful for that. And But before we go into that, let's just talk about silence in general, because um, it's awkward, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, just yeah. as, as we yeah. were going to commercial break, John was kind of leading into um, to your segment, and so he said, next we're going to talk about this, and he didn't say anything for maybe a second and a half, and instantly I was panicked. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Yeah. What's he doing? What are we doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's how attuned to sound we are. So talk about how, and it also you write in your article, man, do I identify with this? It seems painfully unproductive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, you know, silence is not something that in this current season of my life, I get a lot of naturally. <laughs> I've got uh, four kids, ages uh, one year to seven years, and a very loud dog. (laughs) So, you know, it's funny. I'm actually sitting in my car right now because that is the only place that is silent for 15 minutes, you know? That's funny. (laughs) So it's it's ironic, actually, that I even uh, wrote about this piece that I've been thinking about it. And um, I I think it's something that I've noticed uh, a little bit related to some anxiety that I've struggled with. 
because I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you get to the end of the night and you lay in bed and it's quiet and mm. suddenly it's like the, your mind gets really loud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's all of those thoughts that you've been maybe pushing away or haven't had time to think about or whatever the case may be, they're suddenly flooding your mind. And it's like your mind can't be silent, even though everything around you has been. And that, for me, has been something that I've been wrestling through with with some anxiety and then just, you know, the season of life and, and all kinds of things is what does it actually look like to be silent uh, in my day-to-day life, but also, you know, in, in the book of Habakkuk, silent before God. Mm. And it does that matter? You know, is that important? And, and I think what I've found in my own life is that it's actually essential. Yeah. So Sarah, you talk about this in your piece. You say that silence can be an act of worship. Please tell us about that. Yeah, so this is something that I was was a very new concept to me when I studied the book of Habakkuk. And, you know, in Habakkuk 2, he says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. And I, I really have not thought about that a whole lot, at least in recent years. And that idea, uh, you know, where, where we are silent before God, it forces us to... I mean, literally close our mouths and, and look and listen and be in awe of who God is and acknowledge our rightful place before God, I think. And, and I think sometimes we can, you know, for me at least in, in prayer, I, I've got a laundry list of things I need to tell God about. What, you know, when I stop long enough to pray, it's just me sort of having this word vomit on God, which can be right and good, and he can handle that. You know, we know he can handle that, and he welcomes that. But then there also is this place where I have to close my mouth and and calm my mind. And, you know, Psalm 131 says to calm and quiet my soul like a weaned child with his mother and recognize that I am that child resting in the presence of God. And that, I think, is truly an act of worship. That is. And Sarah, we do this thing in our church where the worship leader calls us together uh, as communal confession. And so we sit as a, a community, a couple of hundred people or more, in silence for a good five minutes. And I can't tell you how much I love that. Everyone together in the same room and it really is silent, and you think about everyone sitting there. That, that it's a very worshipable moment for us. Yes, that's beautiful, and I think I think honestly, very rare. <laughs> so what yeah, about because it's weird to be in yeah. silence with a lot of people? Yeah, yeah. We're... It's just I mean that never happens anywhere, no. really. I mean, you know, a lot of people have their TVs on, you know, or sleep with their TVs on, or you know, or have them on 24-7 or listen to the radio or listen to music or whatever it is. I think silence is a very hard commodity to find. And then doing it with a group of people so cool. is even weirder, yeah. which which can also make it even greater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's even, even when we're not talking about sort of audible noise, we fill our mind with so many other types of noise. You know, we pull out our phones, we check, you know, I incessantly check my email, you know, all things like that, that are, again, another form of, they can be another form of noise in our life where we're filling those awkward spaces. Yeah. And so you talk about this in your piece that silence can reveal our idolatry, right? You know, I'm connected to my phone. So even if I'm sitting in silence, my mind is still active and very busy. Yes. Yeah. And I, 
it's interesting thinking about in the book of Habakkuk again that I write about in the article. Um, there's this this part in the passage right before Habakkuk talks about being silent before God, where he talks about these idols. And I think it is easy to make an idol of you know our phones, our devices, our noise. Um, you know, I I love music, I love podcasts, I love radio, I love all of these things that can really add so much to our lives. But it's easy to turn to those things as a way to turn away from our own anxiety, to turn away from the presence of God, to turn away from our own awkwardness sometimes. It's easy to turn to those things instead. And I think sometimes we can inadvertently find or, or look to find answers to our struggles and answers to our anxiety in those things rather than turning to God. And I think that's when it can can turn into a form of idolatry. Sarah Hauser is a writer and speaker living in the Chicago suburbs with her husband and all four of those kids. She's the, she's the <laughs> author of All Who Are Weary, Finding True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. Sarah, I want to read just a bit of this article here because I thought this was just I think this is a great point, but I also think it's really beautifully written. You say this, maybe we don't carve images of wood and stone, yet too many of us, including me, are prone to worship the God of the glowing rectangle. We seek answers to our apprehension and solace in our sorrow from the plastic and metal devices displayed like graven images around our homes. The comfort of screens requires only a click, and Alexa and Siri offer answers now, so it can be all too easy for us to make idols of technology. The idols in Habakkuk's day didn't talk back. I wonder if ours can be even more dangerous because they do. Hmm. Yeah, Sarah, uh, you want to comment on that? John's holding up his phone and like... like (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're laughing, but that's how we that's how we live, right? It it is. And, you know, and I write that not in an effort to, you know, point out the speck in somebody else's eye. I mean, this I write this out of really, truly my own wrestling. You know, even around our dinner table, we've tried to get a little bit better about not having technology around the table. And, you know, our meals are, you can imagine, very chaotic. But uh, sometimes somebody will have a question, and we've got uh, an Amazon Echo right next to our our countertop, and my kids will we won't know the answer, and my kids will be like, "Hey Alexa," and I'm like, "No, no, no, no. <laughs> like let's let's pause. We don't need to. Alexa doesn't need to answer that question right now. Like we can actually pause and wonder, you know, and think and reflect, and not immediately go to, oh, we have to find out this piece of information." And again, that's not to say any of that technology is bad um, or or doesn't, you know, it has its place and we use it. And our house, you know, we we are hardly off the grid, you know, in my house, we have all kinds of devices. But I think it's something that I really have noticed in my own life, in my own home, is how much am I turning to those forms of technology as as almost my default Um, rather than being able to sit in either wonder or discussion even with my kids, you know, Mm -hmm. discussing and and thinking through something rather than seeking, you know, a quick answer from Alexa or from Siri or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, even sitting in our quietness and our awkwardness again before God and being able to practice wonder and awe and surrender 
rather than looking for those quick answers to all of our questions on the Internet or wherever it may be. That's so good. And with that, and Sarah, just a minute or so left here, our time has gone by ever so quickly, that you do write that silence can be an act of trust, right? I mean, to step away from that clatter and the constant flow of news, music, information, to, to sit there, you're trusting God to take you elsewhere. Yeah, that's a lesson that I really have learned going back to what I said earlier about laying in bed at night. That's something that I've really uh, wrestled with. Um, even trying to fall asleep, you know, and being able to say at the end of the night or whatever moment is silent for us, being able to say, okay, God, this is all I have. Can you do something with it? You know, I'm, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this day to you. Help me to trust, um, you know, whatever the case may be. And being able to sit in silence in the presence of God is, is truly an act of, of trust. And again, knowing our place before God, that he is the one in control. We don't have to be, um, and we can we can actually find true deep rest in that, even when everything around us can be so loud in our lives. That's so good. Mm. Sarah Hauser's been with us. Check out her new book called All Who Are Weary, Finding the True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. Sarah, a real pleasure. Thank really you was. so much. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Yes, and we do hope that you have a, a raucous, a, a loud, a noisy Christmas morning, the celebration of the kids running down the steps. I mean, that's always one of the highlights of the year. Sarah Hauser. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Uh, why winter solstice matters around the world? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true, the typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people, but what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, They'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited-time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. The students and staff at Trinity Christian School would like to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The birth of our Savior is truly something to celebrate, something to share. It's also a time to find rest, to be with the people we love, to remember those we miss, and anticipate good things to come. For unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. He is here with you, always. From your friends at Trinity Christian School. Fans are calling The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land their new favorite Christmas movie. When a famous model returns to her farm and reunites with a long-lost pen pal, she just may find what true beauty really is. I came here looking for something I haven't found yet. Well, maybe you found it and you just don't know it. Available now on SalemNow.com. Plus, get the documentary What is True Beauty? Free with your purchase of The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land exclusively on SalemNow.com. This is Pastor Tom Hall. The craziness of life can drive the wonder right out of you. 
So we can't let Christmas go by without worship and without experiencing the wonder of what God has done in Jesus Christ. One of the most wondrous places in town is First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown. Join us Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. Come early for awesome music. Join us Sundays at 1045. Let the birth of the Savior rekindle the wonder in you. Drought, war, and rising food prices have doubled the number of families facing malnutrition. You can help. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word radio to 97646. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Cloudy tonight, a little rain towards dawn. Tonight's low 32. Cloudy tomorrow with a little rain, the high 40. Low clouds tomorrow night, much colder with a little rain in the evening, followed by periods of snow and rain late, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for a rapid freeze-up, low 11. Friday, winds gusting past 45 miles per hour with periods of snow accumulating 1 to 3 inches. We'll reach a high of 25. Temperatures falling, though, to the single digits. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. So winter is upon us. Okay. It's going to get super cold. <laughs> but the good news is in a week or so, we're going to be back in the 50s. Is that true? Yep, it is. Yeah. So I like it. I mean, it's going to be really cold Christmas Eve day and Christmas day. Winter's here. But then we're going to warm back up. Seriously, just look ahead for the All extended right. forecast. Okay. Okay. So what is winter solstice? For starters, it is not the day with the latest sunrise, the, the latest sunrise or the earliest sunset. It's when the sun appears the lowest in the northern hemisphere and is at its furthest southern point over the earth. It's wait. Say, I'm sorry. Say that again. It's when the sun appears the lowest in the northern hemisphere sky and at, and is at its farthest southern point over the earth okay after that the sun will start to creep back north again so in the southern hemisphere december 21st 2022 marks the summer solstice its winter solstice will arrive on june 21st the same day the northern hemisphere celebrates its summer solstice. so we're just you know the opposite right believe it or not we are closest to the sun in january a reminder that the season comes from the earth the axis lift, the t- axis tilt at any given time, not from the distance from our solar system star. So it's the tilt okay. of the Earth that okay. really matters here. Okay, so a lot of Americans picture um, winter solstice celebrations. They, they think of Stonehenge. But cultures have honored the winter solstice for millennia. Uh, Native American communities have long had solstice ceremonies um, decades, scholars have studied the astronomical observations that ancient indigenous people made and sought to understand it. Um, in, in Illinois, there is um, what Chakia in Illinois, there is a, a, a temple, pyramid, and mounds similar to those that the Aztecs built. With this, and so you can go there and see the sun and the, the mounds in a different light. That's in on Idaho. Solstice, uh, in um, sorry, Illinois. In Illinois, mm-hmm. okay. Some winter solstice traditions have changed over time, but they are still a reminder of the uh, indigenous people's understanding of the intricate workings of the solar system, which are pretty amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, how, ancient man. How would they know that? I, I have no idea. I mean, it goes deep. Do you know what? We were, we were just watching this show, my family and I, the other night on, uh, it, it was, a, I think it, it's on Hulu right now, but it's on basically epic engineers, 
from ancient times. Okay. So we just watched the one in the Roman aqueducts. It's so outrageous that that could happen, that that could be built, that they could figure that all I. So after we watched two episodes of this, I just said out loud, I am certain after watching this, this two hour uh, documentary that I would be average in any era. Oh, yeah. I feel the same way. There's no way. People are so smart. Oh. The genius that exists since God made man. Like, it's amazing I can function. Mm -hmm. Well, you're fine here. Thank you. You found your home, and so have I. (laughs) (laughs) Don't spill the beans. Water finds its lowest point. Well, you know, you know. Keep your chin up. Everything's fine. That's sad. Anyway, happy winter solstice. Okay. The good news is after today, we're headed towards the light. We're getting more more light every single day. Exactly. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. (laughs) Coming up next, our good friend Tony Turner will be with us from the Gracism Task Force. What is it, Wednesday edition? Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Of the ride home. Yeah. WORD. In the battle for America's Christian values, Charlie Kirk and TPUSA Faith have stood strong, helping equip, engage, and empower generations of Americans to defend their faith. We're in a fight to save our country. Now they need your support, covering the cost of resources. And thanks to a generous 75K match, your best gift will be double. Double. Help defend faith and freedom now with a tax-deductible donation. Give today and help Christians stand strong in their faith. Make your gift on Online at wordfm.com slash faith. My pillow's excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock. Hey, it's John Hall. Last Christmas you made My Slippers the number one selling My Pillow product, and now they've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. What makes My Slippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere, and save ninety dollars off with promo code word that's only 49.98 a pair you'll absolutely love my slippers and now they're also extending their 60-day money-back guarantee until march 1st 2023 making them the best christmas gift ever so go to mypillow.com use promo code word or call 800-391-0954 now again use promo code word to save 90 dollars on the original my slippers that's only 49.98 a pair Quantities won't last long, so please order now. I'm thankful for the time I get to spend with my family during Christmas. Christmas is a time for gratitude at Eden Christian Academy. I'm thankful for the opportunity that I get to spend time with those I love. My favorite thing about the holiday season is seeing the look on my family's face when I give them a really good gift. During the Christmas season, I'm thankful that I can see all of my family members in one place. I'm thankful for the friends and relationships that I've made here at Eden. Merry Christmas from your friends at Eden Christian Academy. Academy. The greatest red carpet you'll ever walk is through your front door. We're Dr. Josh and Christy Straub, marriage and leadership coaches and hosts of the Famous at Home podcast. With a realistic, grace-filled look at the struggles families face today, we cover topics designed to help you become a rock star under your roof, set healthy rhythms between work and home, and build a rock-solid marriage. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Famous at Home on your favorite podcast platform. Most of us think about praying during life's big moments, but what about the ordinary moments? God is just as present then 
And the book, Every Moment Holy, will help you acknowledge him in the routines of life. You'll find more than 100 prayers to pray while cooking or doing chores or shopping. Request Every Moment Holy today from Truth For Life at truthforlife.org slash donate. Tony Turner's back with us. She's a Pittsburgh pastor, writer, speaker, and a regular guest on the ride home. Tell them, Merry Christmas to you. How you doing? I'm doing good. I was just sitting here by the side of the road waiting for you guys. <laughs> and we came along. By so. the side of the road. <laughs> Isn't that perfect? You're comfortable at home. I see you on Zoom. You're very good. Yeah. All right, Tony, talk to us about the Christmas holidays are coming up. Um, do you have special practices? Is Advent an important thing to you? What yeah. does what Christmas look like? And kind of take us through uh, what you're thinking about and moving toward. I think probably for me, uh, ever since I came to know the Lord, especially, um, it has always bothered me uh, that Christmas has become so uh, not focused on Jesus. I mean, somebody had to come up with a slogan that Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, when I was in elementary school, I was taught that Christmas was Christmas. This was like a holy day when we celebrated the birth of Jesus, but um, since then, it's like, to, for me, it's a, it's a hallmark holiday almost, you know, the way people, um, you know, focus on buying and making sure that they're impressing, you know, with the gifts. But when I had, when I started having kids, you know, I was the only one believing and I wanted, I wanted them to believe in God and I wanted them to see Christmas as a, that special day that he, ch- that the father chose to send his son, Jesus. And um, so the way I dealt with it with my kids was, is I, I told them, first of all, uh, it's not your birthday. <laughs> okay. So it's not that they didn't get anything. Cause my daughter even said, since she's been grown, she said, well, we always got something, but my thing is, you know, okay. Suppose it was your birthday and you had, a, there was a party and everybody got something except you Mm. that maybe your name wasn't even mentioned that, um, you know, how would you feel? And so uh, they understood that on their birthday, their special day, give me a list and we'll talk about, you know, what will make it special for you. But on Christmas, we want to make it special for him. And so uh, they always got, you know, like I would give them money so they could buy something for someone else, you know, because God gave we want to do what he did. We want to give. And uh, sometimes we would do things like uh, go to a nursing home and, and walk through it and sing carols. Now, the first time we did it, <laughs> of course, my kids went, you know, kicking and screaming all the way <laughs> until we really got into it. And they were able to see how blessed the people were, you know, in the nursing home. Uh, it was even to the point where, you know, the youngest one, he was like, wait, there's somebody over here. We don't want to miss them. You know, so it was it really was a, a really a wonderful experience for them. And, um, you know, if they got money, they would spend it on other people. And I, I think that that really helped with the concept of just being generous and not always expecting something for yourself, you know, not being this greedy person that can't wait for Christmas because it's all about you when it should be about him. I think one of the, the best um Christmas experiences I ever had personally was when I went to Curacao. I was in, invited to come 
I, it might have been like the beginning of December or at the end of November to uh, go down and do a worship uh, workshop. And Christmas, uh, not Christmas, but it's a, a holiday that calls Santa Claus, which, of course, is, you know, sounds very much like Santa Claus or St. Nicholas. And St. Nicholas is supposed to be the, the patron saint for children. So um, what they did was I loved it because on December 6th, they would have these Santa Claus looking creatures uh, riding around, no snow in Curacao because it's a tropical island, mm. but they'd have them riding around in convertible cars and they'd have these little, they, well, they called them Zwartipedes. They were like elf-like people who would have either candy or they would have ashes for kids that were, that were bad. Um, mm. The island was highly decorated. It was just, you know, it was very, very festive, very wonderful. That was their that was their way of dealing the, with the commercial stuff. But then they reserved th when they celebrated Christmas, December 25th, they would observe that in church. So uh, Curacao. See, I like that better. I wish we could do that. I wish we had a yeah, separation between like the cultural Christmas and yes. the Holy Christmas. Right. It would, be, it would just yeah, be easy to do, right? To... Sorry, Tim. Go, you go. No, I was going to say, I've even mentioned it to some church leaders. I, I don't know if we're just too chicken to do it, but we could do the whole commercial thing. Since we don't really know when Jesus was born, right. we could say, uh, have it, in, have it at the, uh, in August when there's nothing else going on. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, just all of us just do make it a holy day, you know, truly, and, and celebrate the, the birth of Christ. Now, what we do now is I always have a birthday cake for Jesus. And, and for me, that helps to, uh, you know, say something to the bakers, but also uh, it uh, gives us an opportunity to do what we would do for, you know, family. Wait, wait, tell and, so you go to a bakery and order a birthday cake and say, yeah. and say, I want you to write on the birthday cake, happy birthday, Jesus. That's right. That's cool. I mean, because, I mean, I could do the cake myself, but that gives them an opportunity <laughs> to be you know, what the focus That's is. That's cool. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do we have to do things the way, you know, the world says, you know, it's like whatever we do, whatever it is that God has designated or that we designate in order to worship God, it's like Satan wants worship. So he comes to kill, steal and destroy. And he wants to break down or water down or, or pervert in some way, anything that would worship God, but we need to be intentional about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder, you know, we read about this, you know, in, in our in our daily studies, Kath and I do, that, you know, they're talking about, oh, you know, Christians are, um, are going to be a minority here if they're not already. So we'll diminish ourselves as time goes on in the next decade or two or three or five or whatever. There'll be less and less true believers. So in some ways, it would make it easier to sort of do what you're talking about, Tony, like to you know, just like have a kind of like a subset day mm -hmm. where we are worshiping, you know, the arrival of Jesus Christ. And like you said, it doesn't have to be December 25th. We can choose a day. That's right. That's right. And just make that our focus. And, and in terms of us diminishing, I think that it's real important for us to understand that it is not God's intention that we diminish in 
it, maybe we'll diminish in numbers, but mm -hmm. we shouldn't diminish in power. Yeah. And that is what gracism is all about, is us coming together. Jesus said that they'll know that you are Christians by the way you treat each other. So we got to start treating each other like we're family and stop being, you know, so uh, prideful about, you know, our particular way of doing things. It's not as important to God as it is to us. What's important to him is that we treat each other like family. Right, that's so good. We talk to talk, but uh, the action's a little bit different. Tony, Come talk on, to too. us in the last minute or so about the Gracism Task Force. For people who've never heard about it, what is it? Well, the Gracism, Grace, uh, the definition that we typically go by is that grace is unmerited favor. And unmerited, of course, we understand that means you haven't earned it. But the favor part, People usually start defining it with the word uh, because they're not real sure hmm. of how to put it into words. But um, the definition that I and you know a lot of other uh, uh, Christian leaders have begun to adopt is that grace is the empowering presence of God that enables us to be what God has created us to be and to do what he calls us to do. And so where we might have difficulty, for example, um, I visit a lot of churches in, on different Sundays and a lot of churches have different ways of worshiping or baptizing or whatever they do. And it's important that if I go to a church, I'm looking for God. I want to know what it is that we have in common. The bottom line is the blood of Jesus. And how do we you know, how do we love him and how does he love us back and what should happen in our midst as a result of that? We should be healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. This was Jesus' dream. And so what we want to do is we want to line up with his dream. And that's what the Gracism Task Force is about, doing workshops and talking about, wait, where did I get this other idea from anyway? And, and if I'm going to love somebody that I really don't like, um, how do I do that? And And grace means... You know, he's right there to show me how to love, say, that cranky Christian over there or how to love, you know, somebody that looks different than I do or how to accept the person that's on the inside instead of uh, judging them by the outside. That is so good. How do you love somebody that you don't really like? I mean, that's Bible the Bible doesn't call us to like anybody, not yeah. from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Gracism Task Force, it's on Facebook, uh, a closed group, but you can ask to be part of this, yeah? Yeah, hopefully I will. Uh, you can ask to be part of it. People can invite people okay. to, to be a part of it. And uh, hopefully I'll go into uh, 2023 with a website, so... Terrific. Very nice. Tony, always a pleasure. Thank you for stopping by, for being part of the show uh, over the years. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Love you, Tony. Merry too. Love you guys, too. Bye-bye. The Gracism Task Force. It's on Facebook. How do you love people you don't like? Well, that's the, uh, the question of the age, or at least one of them. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information 
information by dialing 800-419-2387. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-419-2387. So it was movie night with my nieces, and we're watching Santa Claus 3. I'm more of an original version guy myself, but hey, it's Christmas. In the movie, Jack Frost hijacks a Santa suit and turns the North Pole into an awful amusement park money maker. And the only thing I could think was, Jack must really be struggling with where credit card interest rates are right now. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And this time of year is often when we get the most phone calls. Let's be real. It's easy for Christmas to deck our credit cards more than we prefer. And right now, credit card interest rates have gotten crazy frosty, often three to five times higher than mortgage interest rates which is why we're seeing family after family taking advantage of the recent home value boom and cashing out some of that newfound money sitting in their home to consolidate their debt, get rid of the nasty credit card trouble, and even set some extra aside for the road ahead. If you're curious of your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Attention. This is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-279-7495. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-279-7495 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-279-7495. What do you have to lose? Call 800-279-7495. Again, 800-279-7495. Saw a story today in the paper about a, a woman. Her name is Lori James, and she works as a, in a dental office in Louisville, Kentucky. And so like thousands and thousands of offices across the country, they do what we do here at Word FM, which is they have a Christmas party and they do a little white elephant gift exchange as well, right? We've all done it. We've survived it. <laughs> we have survived it. And generally, it just, you know, it's it's fun. It's, this it's, year, I ended up with a thing. I really loved it. It was your gift. Very nice. You usually bring a piece of garbage. No, I usually yeah, bring interesting you know gifts. You don't. They're always interesting. That's a- they are. Talk about trying to polish a... No, it's not yeah. true. No, it is true. If people are still talking about those gifts years later, you know they're interesting. Yeah, well, they are. Okay. Yeah, except everyone was trying to get rid of them as fast that as possible. That dirty stuffed animal from a yard sale or whatever that, that was? Santa. Was that? It was a Santa. It was, a Santa? It was, from the 1960s. It was nightmare-inducing. Oh. People loved it. <laughs> they went crazy about it's it. wretched. Anyway, all right. Uh, but but uh, this we, one, this year, very nice, and I washed it last night. Did you, though? I did. Did it shrink? Well, I'm sure it did, but it's enormous, it's bit, so I'm, yes, I'm, ha- I'm happy with it. Very nice. little radio tower. I loved cool. it. All right, but I digress. We digress. So uh, this woman, Lori James, working as a, in a dental office, um, they did the White Elephant Gift Exchange, and um, she was number um, four. 
Okay. And so uh, she was, you know, part of the uh, early on in the gift exchange, and she was super happy because she got a twenty-five dollar gift card from TJ Maxx, and she was like, "I'm so excited." But uh, apparently her excitement was short-lived because one of the hygienists said, Hey, Lori, don't get too attached to the gift card because I'm going for it. And sure enough, as they wound their way around the room. Somebody stole it. Yep, she stole it. So she was kind of stuck. She looked around the room and really slim pickings at this point, apparently. So someone had brought a scratch-off lottery ticket. She said, Lori said, I'm not really a lottery player, but I figured, what the heck? Right. She scratches it off. She wins a hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. <laughs> um, so That's better than the TJ Maxx gift card. Heck yeah, it is. So she said, you know, uh, it's like five days after the fact, and she's being interviewed for this article. She said, "I'm still crying every day. I'm crying." She said, "I had to call my husband and say I'm too emotional. You have to come pick me up because I can't drive." <laughs> they paid off I their mortgage. And they paid their kids' college education. She said she's super thrilled. Is and that cool. a great yeah. story? Right. Yeah. Oh I mean, my god. Lottery. You know, I more often than it. not, you're gonna you know blow your money. It's not, we don't recommend it, of course. But you hear a story like that and you go, super cool. What about the woman who stole the the uh, TJ Maxx gift card? <laughs> she got twenty five bucks and maybe a candle, right? Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour of the show, we're going to be talking about Franco Harris and his passing. Craig Wolfley, former NFL offensive lineman, 10 seasons with the Steelers, will join us at 5.30 to talk about his reminiscences. Um, We'll also hear uh, from Ben Roethlisberger and the statement that he put out on his social media feeds today. Um, But before that, John, as we conclude this hour, I'm happy to tell you that as of this morning at 10 a.m., I'm done with my Christmas baking. Whoa. I'm done. Good for you. It's over. It's over. That was a long haul. It was a long haul. There you, you. go. My, our, our fan Cookie is excited update. about that. How many dozen? Uh, well, I, I did 15 varieties this year. Mm, that's a lot. It's the most I've done Man, in a long time. Go for it. It's the most I've done in a long time. And uh, I feel good about them. I think, wait, let me look. Do I have my list here? I did, uh, I did one, two, three, four new kinds. Really? And I I usually do the same things year after year, and yep. I wanted to branch out, so I feel good about that. I did uh, I did a uh, molasses cookie this year. I like it, like a, a ginger snap. Uh, no, not a ginger snap. Okay. There's ginger in it though, okay. but it's molasses. It's dark, real dark in color. Mm-hmm. It turned out very nicely. I did the pistachio orange from your wife. Very nice. How, do you enjoy it? I've never made it before. Okay. It's, I I absolutely love it. I had I had one for breakfast. Nice. Because it was delicious. I made gingerbread chocolate this year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just okay. It won't make a return visit. My husband loves it. Oh, so okay. I think well, it will make well, a return okay, sure, visit. Sure, sure. Uh, I made chocolate peppermint crinkles. That was a new mm-hmm. thing, which you decided to turn your nose up. I about. dissed because they were peppermint. I made snickerdoodles. Uh, uh-huh. I never made this recipe before. It was great. Yeah. And I made these cheesecake cookies, which were eh. Kind of meh. They're all right, but those were all new ones. Right. So, okay. so I was like branching off. I was, nice. felt like I was on the frontier. Now, I was at your house last week. Right? Was yes. That, and I get like an early preview. Yes. You might want to bring a couple in tomorrow. You think? <laughs> I just, I mean, you've got how many dozen? I do have a lot. I don't you know, know how many dozen I have. You around a little yeah. bit. You know, yeah, just, yeah. You, you, think, don't bring, you don't have to bring, you know, a dozen or so. But it's just like three little four, scragglers. Four or five. Enough yeah. for Gary and I. Gary. That'd, be, that'd be great. A couple right? broken ones. That's fine. I'll take the crumbs. Right. Uh, you know, how about licking the batter thing? You ever do that? I do. But, you know, I did that a couple mm. weeks ago and I got sick that night what mm-hmm. so because you licked the batter well i don't know if that was why but that's the first thing that came to my head why would you get sick well because the of the eggs nah it's fine what? 
That's not fun. It's I food mean, safety. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, so I, I... Very good. That's impressive, Kath. Yeah, thank you. But Merry what's Christmas. even more impressive is that I'm not doing any more of it. Mm, you're done. I'm over it. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm And everything... so family and friends will benefit from yes, your and that's fine. baking prowess. Yeah, so come one, come all. Outstanding. Now, they're, you're going to travel with some of these cookies, right? A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Put them in the back of the car. I got containers that stack nicely nice. so they can go behind the and back And then it's seat. a free-for-all. They're going to sit like on the dining room table and people are going to go, give me that, give me that, give me that. Mm. It's the beauty of being part of a family. Excellent. Merry Christmas to the Emmons family. All right, take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about Unitarians, Episcopalians, and Christmas. That's next on The Ride Home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. You have a choice in health care. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Ukraine's President Zelensky is at the White House meeting with President Biden. Zelensky's surprise visit to Washington comes 10 months after Russia's invasion of Ukraine and with Congress voting on a year-end spending package that includes billions of dollars in additional assistance for Ukraine. President Biden will host Zelensky for talks in the Oval Office, followed by a joint news conference. Later, the Ukrainian leader is scheduled to address a joint session of Congress. Greg Clugston. Washington. Sam Bigman Freed has agreed to be extradited from the Bahamas and is expected to be sent to the U.S. later in the day. He'll be facing criminal charges related to the collapse of cryptocurrency exchange FTX. Hall of Fame running back Franco Harris has died. He was 72. Harris won four Super Bowl rings with the Steelers in the 1970s. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 513 points. This is SRN News. Hi, this is Dennis Prager. As you know, the culmination of my life's work has been writing my Rational Bible Commentary series. I have done Genesis, Exodus, and the just-released Deuteronomy. They are all called the Rational Bible because my approach is entirely reason-based. My motto is, if it doesn't make sense, I don't accept it. If you look up the 5,000 reviews on my Rational Bible volumes, you will see how many lives I have changed. Whether you are a Jew, a Christian, an atheist, or a member of some other religion, it doesn't matter. This speaks to your mind and your heart in explaining the most important books ever written, the Rational Bible. The latest is Deuteronomy, the most quoted book of the nation's founders. So if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift, even for someone with no faith, in fact especially, I recommend giving them my Rational Bibles. Go to PragerStore.com. You can buy them individually or as a complete set. All Rational Bibles sold in the Prager Store are autographed by me. Go to PragerStore.com. That's PragerStore.com or click the banner on my website. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen the images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Just $30 a month can help save children for less than a dollar a day, whether it's providing emergency nutrition or protecting children fleeing from the war in Ukraine, or a child in need in any of the other 120 countries around the world where Save the Children works, your $30 a month can change everything for a child who's suffering. Call 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online 
at SaveChildrenToday.org. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. It's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust. Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly honest, always unfiltered. Streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. That hailstorm really did some damage to the house, honey. I know, and so close to Christmas. What are we going to do? Well, you know, our neighbor Eric said Bachman's Roofing helped him with his insurance claim and walked him through each step of the process. Maybe we should call them, too. Eric's wife did say Bachman's are local storm experts. Can we ask them about saving with solar roofing? I think that's a great idea. Call Bachman's Roofing and Solar at 412-744-8390 or go to pittsburgh.bachmansroofing.com. Cloudy tonight, a little rain towards dawn. Tonight's low 32. Cloudy tomorrow with a little rain, the high 40. Low clouds tomorrow night, much colder with a little rain in the evening, followed by periods of snow and rain late, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for a rapid freeze-up, low 11. Friday, winds gusting past 45 miles per hour with periods of snow accumulating 1 to 3 inches. We'll reach a high of 25. Temperatures falling, though, to the single digits. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I mean, the sun's still out. I mean, well, not really, but it's still light out, right? Here it is. It's four minutes past the five o'clock hour. So winter solstice, the heck with that. Here we are at the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. Is it a moment? A moment. Um, or is yeah, it? I guess it is a moment. Yeah, you could pinpoint this exact time at five. I don't, I don't know what that is. I guess I should have looked at it. You know, at five or whatever. This is when you know we do pass over hmm. from one to the other. I mean, pass- <laughs> we're passing from autumn to winter. Yeah, that's right? really. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be cool if you were like one of those sun catchers and you like 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 now I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go to Brazil and I'm going to experience summer in another part of the world. Sunset was at 5 p.m. even. 5 p.m. Today. Thank you, Gary. Here. Really? Very nice. Thank you, Gary. Yep. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to uh, go to like, spend summer in Brazil. Sure. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah, like I would love San to do Paulo that. San Paulo or something, right? I, oh, believe yeah. me, that would be lovely. Would be lovely. Uh, we could go to Argentina. Have you? Did you see some of the uh, incredible video of the I celebrations sure after the World Cup? That's so cool. I mean, Isn't it? really, really amazing. Um, and we were all slated here in Pittsburgh to have celebration of course not as big as argentina winning the Mm -hmm. world cup but a a significant uh, milestone would be reached on saturday 50 years after the immaculate reception and the nfl was like all on board i mean they planned it to the moment there's going to be a celebration at that exact time with the jack fleming radio call oh my gosh how about that yeah franco was to have his uh moment his his moment his jersey retired uh, the third Steeler ever to have that distinction after uh, Stotner and Green. Um, so shocking oh. that he would pass away so suddenly. I just—it's one of those instances where you 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 absorb the loss as if you knew the person. Yeah, it happens from time to time. Like we didn't really know Franco, of course, at no. all. Right? You know, we saw him. We, you know, sat next to him, had right. a photo taken with him. That guy, right. <laughs> 
Briefly, I sat next to him. Maybe three seconds. <laughs> it, before, before he said, that's Joanne Rogers' seat, John, beat it. <laughs> and the protests of the a bunch of, a chorus of old ladies. Hey, hey, I'm just trying to sit down. Excuse me. John's talking about the premiere of the Mr. Rogers movie. Uh, we were, it was very kind. We were invited to that. Yeah. And uh, John ended up sitting next to Franco. Briefly. And- <laughs> I thought, oh, I'll just sit here. I, I didn't know. There was an open seat. Yeah, I sat down. There's next to Franco. <laughs> And boy, that I could boot quickly. I'm not, I was just trying to find a seat. But he was so charming oh, was that night. Super he was charming. like, what did he say, beat it? I was, no, he's, no. Um, uh, nice try. Nice try. Nice try. Right. Nice try. He gave me a smile. Nice right. try. Okay. Because he always, wherever we were yeah. with him. I was he like, gave, hey, Franco. He just, he absorbed his position in Pittsburgh with such grace. Yep. And you, you would think that someone in the public eye for that long would be so over it or could be a super grump or Mr. Ego or what, any number of maladies that might affect you over 50 plus years. Look, when I was thinking about this today. When he caught that ball, he was 22. Wow. He was, tw- he was a kid. He was 22 years old. And you see it. I saw a clip today of him in the clubhouse at, like, like right after the game. They were interviewing Franco and Frenchie and mm-hmm. and uh, Terry Bradshaw. They're all like super young kids and just exuberant as all get out. Everyone's r- standing around smiling. It was like, oh, it's fabulous. Isn't that incredible? It really is. 22. And, and now today passes yeah. away at the age of 72. But what a great life. Yeah. An incredible life. And not just a... Uh, not just a one play guy. It's not like he's mm-hmm. one of those athletes that was known for some crazy play. No, he grounded right? out. I mean, he grounded out. I read some of these stats at the beginning of the show. I'm going to read them again. Um, he was the MVP of Super Bowl nine. Um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990. Uh, as I said, his jersey was gonna, is going to be retired this weekend. Um, he didn't want to be drafted by the Steelers. And Chuck Noll didn't want to draft him. Penn Stater. Right, but mm-hmm. Franco ended up rushing for uh, 1,055 yards as a rookie and named NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, of course, the Immaculate Reception happened. Um, before his arrival, the Steelers had appeared in one playoff game and lost it in the first 40 years of their <laughs> existence. But Art Rooney II said the Immaculate Reception marked the turning point of franchise history. Nice. I um I lived on the north side uh, in the 70s, and Franco had a beautiful home on Western Avenue. Mm, it's uh, a beautiful uh, area. Oh, uh, right on. I mean, it's a gorgeous. And I remember walking by the gong, you know, like as a kid. Yeah, like Franco. Oh, Franco's, he's inside there. That's Franco. That's you know? so neat. Yeah. That's so neat. Listen to this. Art Rooney II said, my grandfather once was quoted as saying, before Franco got here, we didn't win much. Since he got here, we don't lose. Yeah. Fabulous. Uh, Franco voted uh, nine times into the Pro Bowl. Uh, he surpassed a thousand yards rushing in eight seasons, including his final one, when before he went to the Seahawks, which was, was such bad. a mistake. That was sad. Uh, the Steelers went on to say that was a mistake, and he of said it was, it was a mistake. They regret it. Everybody regrets yeah. it. He still ranks number fifteen on the NFL's all-time rushing list. Wow, that's I mean, cool. think and, how long it's been since he played. And what he holds the record for most yards gained uh, combined in the Super Bowl. Oh, is that right? Yeah, like 354. I mean, he played in four Super Bowls. Right? So, you know, yeah, that, that right. record It makes still sense stands. that he would win that, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyway, more than that, though, just a, a gracious human being. I remember uh, we were uh, we were kind of sharing 
reminiscences of when I think we were doing a fundraiser for the blood bank or something. I don't know. We were asked to be there and Franco was there and we showed up early. He was early. And so it was just the three of us there. Yeah. And so we were just kind of like shooting the breeze or whatever. He's just, he was just so normal. Huh. He's just incredibly normal. And we had pictures and we laughed and our kids were there and he took pictures with our kids. Our, kid, our kids didn't know who he was. No. And we and that was at least a decade ago. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Easily a decade ago. Because I said ago. to my kid today, hey, we've got a picture of you and Franco together. And he's like, I vaguely remember. Right. I asked my daughter, I said, do you remember Franco? And she said, I remember the pictures of us with Franco. Oh. I just don't remember having the pictures taken. Being there. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wearing socks. Right. You sure were. <laughs> And the pierogies were there. <laughs> Touch with greatness. Anyway, our sympathies oh. to Franco's wife and his son and his, all those who love Franco, yep. um, as the city of Pittsburgh remembers him today. At the bottom of the uh, half hour, Craig Wolfley will join us from the Pittsburgh Steelers radio network. Mm-hmm. He'll talk about his reminiscences of Franco. Also, we'll hear from Ben Roethlisberger in public statements he made earlier today on Franco's passing. Very nice, Franco. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Unitarians and Episcopalians created American Christmas. We'll go there next on the ride home. 101.5 WORD. A powerful king, a helpless baby who would be king, and the greatest power struggle in history. You ever thought of Christmas that way as a power struggle? John MacArthur takes you beyond the familiar details of Jesus' birth and reveals compelling truth that can transform your worship this Christmas. Be here for John's study, The Birth of the King, on Grace to You. This is John MacArthur inviting you to listen to Grace to You every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on 101.5 Word FM. MyPillow is excited to bring you the biggest bedding sale ever just in time for Christmas. Hey, it's John Hall. Get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts ever. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. You'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. And get all your shopping done now while quantities last. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. I'm thankful for the time I get to spend with my family during Christmas. Christmas is a time for gratitude at Eden Christian Academy. I'm thankful for the opportunity that I get to spend time with those I love. My favorite thing about the holiday season is seeing the look on my family's face when I give them a really good gift. During the Christmas season, I'm thankful that I can see all of my family members in one place. I'm thankful for the friends and relationships that I've made here at Eden. Merry Christmas from your friends at Eden Christian Academy. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. 
During the pandemic, they closed our churches down. Suicide rates are exploding. Drug and alcohol use is ravaging America. And there's no church to bring the hope. See the new documentary, Super Spreader, how a stand against religious tyranny brought hope to a country in crisis. Christian singer and activist Sean Foyt leading what's called Let Us Worship. Here's a move of God that's going to change America. Watch Super Spreader, available now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, you think about Christmas and... um, you think of the Christmas Wars. Right. And we have to have the right cup color or we start to say, wait, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I feel like evangelicals feel like we are the protectors of Christmas. That we own it. Yes. Don't say happy holidays to me. Exactly. So we are, we're like we're like the guardians <laughs> right. of the holiday. How noble. Right, exactly. Right. And it's always been, we mm-hmm. think. Always. Always been. Since cons- the founding of this conservative country. Conservative Christians that have kept mm-hmm. Christ in Christmas. Well, Daniel Williams is with us. He's professor of history at the University of West Georgia, author of Defenders of the Unborn, the pro-life movement before Roe v. Wade. And he wrote a wonderful piece, which was shocking, surprising to me. It's in uh, CT Online, Christianity Today Online. Unitarians and Episcopalians created American Christmas. But uh, Dan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Okay, so do you debate um, my contention that conservative evangelicals kind of look, <laughs> kind of look at that we're the we're we're the guardians of the holiday? I think you're right in the perception that a lot of American evangelicals have now. But uh, as I look back at the history of the early 19th century, in particular, to look at how the American religious uh, Christmas was created. Uh, it seems like evangelicals really were not much of a part of the story, that it was mostly liberal Protestants and some of whom did not even believe in the Trinity who created uh, American Christmas. Really? Okay, so tell us the story then, because when you know when you think about Unitarians, you think, well, they're not really in... They, you know, they'll celebrate anything or it's nothing. Kind of, kind of squishy, right? Uh, and Episcopalians, but you're saying that the Episcopalians and the Unitarians, they created Christmas in many ways, the holiness as we know it. Right. Uh, Of course, Christians had been celebrating Christmas in one form or another for many centuries. Uh, Catholics, of course, have a very rich Christmas tradition. But in the United States, a number of Protestants, in fact, most of the ones who contributed to the formation of American evangelicalism, were really suspicious of Christmas. Hmm. The New England Puritans especially were, uh, but even in the early uh, days of American evangelicalism, late 18th and early 19th century Methodists, Presbyterians, Baptists, for the most part, did not celebrate Christmas. And so in the early 19th century, New England Unitarians wanted to essentially recover uh, a Christmas spirit and and created uh, a holiday that borrowed from some uh, traditions from Europe, but for the most part was uh, created with their own theology in mind. And they joined forces with uh, others that we might view as as liberal Protestants, even though they were Trinitarian. But Episcopalians uh, had been celebrating Christmas in their churches for quite some time, and uh, in the early 19th century also tried to make uh, Christmas more of uh, of a holiday that was widely observed. Interesting. And so they, 
So, Dan, yeah, I'm sorry to catch you off. So, so then you go back to, you say, the, the, the Unitarians in some way, you know, their, their grasp of this might have been influenced by Charles Dickens and A Christmas Carol that I wake up on Christmas yeah. morning and all things are new. I, the generous spirit of my life has come forward. Right. Yeah. Early 19th century Unitarians tended to be optimists about human nature, mm-hmm. uh, and they believed that people could reform themselves with the right influences, that sin tended to be something that they that was uh, largely a product of, some, of a person's social environment. And so in many ways, A Christmas Carol, which was written by, uh, of course, Charles Dickens, who was a member of a Unitarian chapel in London, reflects that early 19th century Unitarian idea that we need to look to our better nature, we need to remember the love of God, we need to uh, think about uh, how wonderful a, gener- a generous spirit could be, and all of that could be associated with Christmas. And so, a- as I mentioned in the article, Ebenezer Scrooge in some ways has a Unitarian Christmas conversion. Uh, he, hmm. he wakes up and becomes a better man as a result of his reflections. Interesting. So if you're a kid at you know some poor child of a congregationalist family um in the what 19th century you would see maybe people you know walking by a an episcopal church that is all decked out for the holidays yeah. and the poor kid is thinking i, I wish i could some you, you know some of the figgy pudding right yeah there are several accounts of of people in the early 19th century who thought uh exactly that because the congregationalists who were descended from the the 17th century Puritans, uh, did not celebrate Christmas, even in the early 19th century. And Episcopalians did. Uh, Episcopalians, of course, had a much more liturgical tradition. And so Christmas was uh, somewhat of a big deal to them uh, in their churches. So on a typical uh, December Sunday morning in a Congregationalist church, you would never know that that Christmas even existed. Uh, the, yeah. the sermon would go on as usual. There would be no Christmas hymns. But in the Episcopal Church, uh, there would be a Christmas celebration and, and even a decoration of the sanctuary. And so for that reason, in the early 19th century, a number of, of younger Congregationalists who were growing up in this environment and were distancing themselves a bit from the Calvinism of their parents and grandparents uh, were beginning to wonder what they were missing. Interesting. So then, was there a spark? Was there like a moment where, you know, the, the uh, evangelical Christians or Presbyterians, Methodists or whomever, saw that and thought, that looks great. We need to do that in our own churches somehow. Let's recreate Christmas. It tended to start in the 1850s, but especially uh, in the 1860s. Uh, 1870 was the year that the uh, the U.S. government declared Christmas a national holiday. Really, and what year was, was that? 1870. Okay. So, I, I think there were by the 1850s, Christmas was becoming a little bit more widespread, uh, but it was especially the experience of the Civil War and a desire on the many on the part of many people right after the Civil War to to experience some national unity. Uh, to try to certainly avoid uh, a national catastrophe of that nature again. And Christmas became one of a number of things that could unify Americans, especially uh, in the way that it was created, where it borrowed from uh, some Unitarian 
traditions of, of wanting to see a better world. It borrowed from Episcopalian liturgy. Uh, it borrowed, of course, from uh, tr- traditions in Europe that were widespread, like the Christmas tree, uh, some version of Santa Claus, uh, which was kind of remade in the in the 19th century. And when all of that was packaged together, it was something that that included a little bit of of what sounded like traditional Christianity, a little bit of, of borrowed tradition, and something that made a lot of people feel good. And evangelicals could sign on to that, even though they had had very little part in creating the holiday. Daniel Williams, Williams is with us, professor of history at the University of West Georgia. We're talking about the article he wrote called Unitarians and Episcopalians Created American Christmas, but Evangelicals Have Rightly Made It More Gospel-Centered. It's uh, online, available at Christianity Today. So, Dan, uh, what I love about this piece is that you sort of chart a, um, a hymn uh, sort of uh, thread where you talk about O Holy Night, uh, translated from the French into English by liberal Massachusetts. Unitarians. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, uh, likewise from New England Unitarians. Uh, then the message of O Little Town of Bethlehem, written by a, Bo- a Boston Episcopalian pastor. Silent Night, of course, an Episcopalian minister. Those threads of music made their way into somehow the mainstream and again made its way into the church. Right. Yeah. So most of the hymns that we tend to associate uh, with Christmas, if they come from the 19th century, they tend not to come from uh, evangelicals. Mm. And they, several of them, to my surprise, as I began, uh, when I first began reading about this, come from Unitarians. Uh, a number of them come from uh, Episcopalians, a uh, few of them translated from, uh, from European Catholics, uh, and maybe uh, a Lutheran hymn or two, especially uh, away in the manger, but but very little that, that comes from the evangelical tradition. I think there's, a, of course, a lot that we can learn from those hymns. I think they reflect some aspect of the gospel message. But generally speaking, what you'll find missing uh, from most of those hymns is the thing that, that 19th century evangelicals emphasized a lot, uh, which was the atonement, um, the the idea that that the Savior coming into the world through the incarnation uh, was ultimately going to die for the sins of the world, mm-hmm. and especially in the Unitarian hymns, that's that's completely missing for the most part. Right. So, so you're, the the first thing you were speaking of would be like "Hark the Herald Angels Sing," which speaks, you know, right. so clearly of Jesus' atonement and all of that. Um, Maybe a, a, a hymn or a carol like Away in the Manger, I'm just guessing, that would be a more Unitarian one. You know, it's kind of referencing like the peaceful nature of Jesus or the, you know, the calmness of the holiday. But not the divine nature. Right. So um, so that was probably, so we're not entirely sure who wrote Away in the Manger, but the, our best guess is that it tended to come from somewhat liberal uh Lutherans from the late 19th century, and it was a time when a lot of liberal Protestants were um, celebrating the sentimental aspects of Christmas and, and tended to like the sentimental aspects of, of Christianity as well. So it talks about uh, peace and uh, a very tranquil scene. 
Silent Night as well tends to paint a very tranquil picture. Uh, so does the Episcopal hymn, um, A Little Town of Bethlehem. And then if you look at some of the the explicitly Unitarian hymns, like I Heard the Bells of Christmas on Christmas Day uh, from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, a, a New England Unitarian poet, uh, or O Holy Night, uh, what you get from those hymns is sort of hope for a better world, that Christmas is going to make us better people, but not a direct connection to doing so through an atoning death of Jesus or even solely through a divine power of transformation. Hmm. So I, I, what I get from reading your piece, Dan, which I, I loved, is that all the kerfuffle, all the anxiety, the finger pointing of, of where we are in, you this know. This country's going to hell in the handbasket. Or, or, you know, don't take Christmas away from us. We shouldn't fear that because we never really owned it so much in the first place. And, you know, uh, as long as you uphold Jesus as the savior of the world, the of the universe, and d- look at him as the divine creature uh, born into this world, then the the culture will just take care of itself. We should not be so concerned about that. Right. I would say that that's exactly um, the message that I was trying to convey. Uh, I think it's important for us to realize that uh, we don't own Christmas uh, as evangelicals. Uh, we can certainly enjoy Christmas. We can certainly glorify God through uh, a gospel-centered celebration of Christmas. But but discovering Jesus through Christmas is really going to involve a, a lot of uh, invented traditions as much as a recovery of, of the old ones. But our goal is not to get back to the 1950s or get back to the Victorian era or, or get back to the early 19th century, uh, because in any of those moments, what you'll find with a cultural celebration of Christmas is it involved some things that we can appreciate, but it was not directly evangelical. Mm-hmm. And it was missing some important dimensions of the gospel. And so I think all across the country this week, churches will rightly uh, be thinking about the gospel, returning to read portions of, of the gospel story, uh, and maybe even singing some hymns that were written by people that, that had a partial understanding of the gospel, but, but maybe not in every case a full one. Uh, and so we can certainly enjoy uh, those aspects of Christmas. But when it comes to the culture wars, when it comes to debates about who owns Christmas, I think historically, if we're honest, what we would need to say is, well, we didn't invent this holiday, uh, but we can still appreciate it. That's Daniel K. Williams, professor of history at the University of West Georgia. Check out his piece in Christianity Today online right now. Unitarians and Episcopalians created American Christmas, but evangelicals have rightly made it more gospel-centered. Nice, Dan. Hey, thanks enough a lot. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thanks. Same to you. Do you remember your college years? A lot of great things can happen. And if you were so inclined, a lot of not so great things can happen. Well, at Grove City College, they know this, that you were made with a purpose because your college years are pivotal. And the time to discover and cultivate your God-given calling, it's there. And you know, and so do we, that God made you in his image with a purpose for your life. And at Grove City College, you'll find an unwavering commitment to your freedom of conscience, empowering you to know the truth of who God is and his purpose for your life. 
I got to be honest, college was a hard time for me. I mean, it was really challenging academically. It was also really challenging socially. And so to kind of have a solid perspective that's given to you by the faculty that there's a purpose for this, that God has a purpose, not just for what you're learning in the classroom, but with your roommate or with your boy or girlfriend or whoever, it, it, what you're going through, the changes with your siblings or your parents, that there's a purpose for that. Yes. I don't know. I feel like that could change everything for someone who's of a college age. Without a doubt. In your academics, your social life, in all things, you were made with a purpose. If you're looking, your child looking for the next four years, we suggest you look at Grove City College online at gcc.edu. The power of purpose, Grove City College. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mom's early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. And when I left the oven on... We decided together that it was time to see a doctor and make a plan. Early detection gave us more time to seek out information and support as a family. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Cloudy tonight, a little rain towards dawn. Tonight's low 32. Cloudy tomorrow with a little rain, the high 40. Low clouds tomorrow night, much colder with a little rain in the evening, followed by periods of snow and rain late, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for a rapid freeze-up, low 11. Friday, winds gusting past 45 miles per hour with periods of snow accumulating 1 to 3 inches. We'll reach a high of 25. Temperatures falling, though, to the single digits. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. All of Pittsburgh, in fact, all of America who follows the National Football League is in mourning today at the loss of Franco Harris, especially at such a time of focus on him and his career as uh, the NFL was just poised on the brink of celebrating 50 years of the Immaculate Reception and Steelers, of course, deciding to retire Franco's number 32 this weekend. Um, so waking up this morning to the news that he had passed away was so incredibly sad. Looking at social media and seeing uh, Tony Dungy put a, a beautiful photograph. Just They look like they are infants. It's uh, he and Rocky and Franco. And Tony says that, you know, he was just the kindest, gentlest, 
man I've ever known, a great person and a great teammate. Bill Cower weighs in, a picture of he and Franco together. Ryan Shazier weighs in. Um, You see people from all over. Uh, President President Biden, in fact, just weighed in. Uh, The president says, Franco Harris is known for the glory he brought to football, but I knew him for his character and compassion, someone who spent time with my boys after we lost my first wife and infant daughter. (laughs) How about that? May God bless Franco Harris, a dear friend of 50 years and a great American. Merrill Hodge weighs in. I mean, if you just go through whatever social media feed you follow, you'll just see pictures of who name it, you name it, with Franco. John and I were just looking at our pictures with Franco (laughs) during the commercial break. I mean, just a really uh, gentle person and uh, someone who embraced his status here in Pittsburgh. Um, so coming up with the right words from, you know, the two of us is difficult, but so we turned to people who knew him. And so Ben Roethlisberger put up some audio and video on his social media feeds today. And here is what big Ben said about Franco. Woke up this morning with the sad news of the passing of Franco. Um, So many times people say Franco was a legend or a person was a legend. No, Franco is a legend and always will be, um, more than just on the football field, too. Um, such an unbelievable man, um, friend. Um, so proud to be able to call him that. Uh, I'll never forget a time. I think it was at Charlie Batch's uh, fundraiser event a long time ago. He and I got into a heated ping-pong battle, both of us kind of going at it. One of those matches that um, like people kind of stop and are watching. And um, I'll never forget every single time we saw each other, he would bring it up. Man, remember that ping pong game we played and um, we need to do it again sometime. And so I just, Franco always had a a hug for people, always had a handshake, always had a smile. And I think um, for the legend uh, that he is on the football field, um, I think his legend off the field is is even bigger. Um, Such a humanitarian, such a big heart, such a loving, kind man. he will be forever missed, um, but he will always be in our hearts and will always be on our minds whenever you think of Steeler football. Um, and not just the immaculate reception, um, which in itself is crazy, but uh, that we're celebrating 50 years this weekend, but just the way he played the game, the love of the game, the love of his teammates. Uh, I've never heard one bad word about that man. And um, he will be missed. Um, Franco, we... We'll never forget you. We love you. Um, we know you're up above now and um, in heaven looking down on all of us. Um, probably playing football today. But um, you will be missed, my friend. Um, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your love, for your support. Um, it means so much. Ben Roethlisberger, talking about Franco. We'll take a, a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Craig Wolfley, former Steeler player and uh color uh, radio broadcaster for more than a decade here and uh, he'll talk about franco his life and times stay with us pittsburgh's christian talk it's the ride home here on word fm WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new Christmas music. New New music. Oh, what a king from Katie Nicole. God made a way from Brandon Heath and Tasha Layton. God made a way. 
Christmas time is here from Zach Williams. Christmas time is here. The best new Christmas music. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends on Word FM. My grandma is one of my heroes. And one thing we did together was Bob Barker and The Price is Right. Grandma knew the cost of everything. But here's how I think she would do today. Grandma, name the price of these hot dogs and win a brand new car. Ah, uh, those are definitely two forty nine. Ah, so sorry. These hot dogs are now four monthly payments of nineteen ninety nine. Too bad. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the cost of everything is crazy. And the holidays only make things harder. But there still is one big positive, and that's the skyrocketing home values of the last few years. For many, today is a once in a lifetime opportunity to cash out some of the new money their home earned to help with the crazy. And the strategy is take advantage of the cash out today and refinance tomorrow when rates settle back down. They've already dropped an ounce as of late. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a listener 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. It's a very common fear to have a fear of the dentist. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. I feel particularly drawn to making sure that all patients are at ease. That extra gentle touch, the extra nudge to tell them it's okay, we'll get through this together. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. Of course, all of Western Pennsylvania, the nation, is talking about the death of Franco Harris. We're going to happy to have right now Craig Wolfley. He's with us. Craig's a, an offensive uh, lineman with the Steelers. He played 10 seasons with the Steelers. And along with Bill Hillgrove and Max Starks, is an in-game commentator for the Pittsburgh Steelers Radio Network. He also co-hosts their morning show, The Locker Room, which uh, airs during the NFL season. And he is with us now. Hey, brother, welcome back to the show. Thank you, brother. It's good to speak with you. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's a sad time for all of Steelers Nation. Sure is. Craig, when you uh, arrived, uh, maybe first day, first week, first month as a Steeler, uh, what was the what, what did you think of the organization at the time? And did you have any views? Had, were you familiar with Franco? Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up in, what, Orchard Park, New York, suburb of Buffalo, mm-hmm. watching the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was great fans of the entire 70s collection of Steelers. They were just awesome in my eyes, obviously. Uh, there were so many guys. When I reported to St. Vincent College as a rookie in 1980, I remember sitting there with Tunch Ilkin, uh, you know, and we were sitting there. That we had, we'd been with Tunch. Uh, Tunch and I had been there a week already because the rookies 
back in the day, the rooks had to come in a week early and do doubles, right? So we're there when the vets reported, and we're looking, and here comes Mean Joe Green and Jack Ham and Donnie Shell and John Stallworth, Franco Harris. You know, Mike, uh, <laughs> Mike Webster came in, and he's got arms like legs, legs like people, and you're going, wow, what a great crew of people, you know? Wow. It just was amazing, you know, and then what an amazing moment. And then the reality kind of sank into touch. And as we looked at each other going, what are we doing here? We're not going to be here long, man. They don't need us. <laughs> <laughs> but they, the organization was just so ginormous, led by the chief back then, who was just such a personal man. And, of course, DMR. And uh, it was it truly was a family affair with the uh, Roonies. Fabulous. And so, Greg, uh, throughout the years, of course, you know, Franco's been such a mainstay here in the city of Pittsburgh uh, on the field, of course, but especially off the field in later years. Uh, you love that he decided to call Pittsburgh home. Uh, he lived here. He was engaged in a lot of corporate boards and a lot of charitable work. What was that like for you? I mean, because when you hear about Franco and, you know, everybody's got pictures. We talked about this. You know, you meet Franco. He was very kind, you know, to just the regular Joe, Kath and I, he would stop and have a conversation conversation, take a photo with you. There's not a person who, you know, you don't, don't hear a bad word about the guy, which is shocking in today's day and age, especially living in the city for 50 plus years. He was who he said he was presented as he was. He was indeed. And as Mike Tomlin pretty much encapsulized it by saying he embraced who he was and dealt with it. You know what I mean? He was and lived up to all the, the aforementioned billing. Um, he was just incredible. He was an ambassador for the city of Pittsburgh. He was an ambassador for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was just larger than life. He was such a kind, humble man. I mean, rarely do you meet a superstar on that level like Franco, who has that much humility um, that would, you know, that from from the, the least to the most and from the most to the least. Yeah. And he was a uh, he was a mentor to all of us. You know, we all understood his, his great uh, charitable endeavors that he got involved with was was you know an example to get people like Tunch and myself you know that this is this is the steal away this is how it's done you know you give back to the community you get involved in the community and he was just always a great mentor and leader in that area along with a lot of the other guys like John Kolb and so forth there's just a lot of great Steeler players who you know that they exemplified um, that walk in the community with the Steelers you know they just got involved Tony Dungy posted a photograph it is so epic it's him and rocky and franco and mm. you know tony looks like he's 11 and he looks like he, he looks like he weighs about 120 pounds wow. right i mean it's just it's so good but he, he said in the tweet what a role model franco was for him um just in regard to just showing the public kindness and, uh, you know, you think of how many people who are in the public eye, and it's so difficult now because of social media and there's so much access, and I, I understand that. But, you know, we were, Franco was just always gracious in public. And um, uh, Andrew Filipponi was sharing this on, on another station today. He said that Franco had talked to him and said, hey, you know, when you're on the air, uh, people hear you on the radio, and that's one thing. But when they meet you in person, they're going to remember that. Mm-hmm forever mm-hmm. they don't care what you say on the air but they're going to remember forever how you treated them in person and he always clearly had that at the forefront of his mind there's no question i mean again he was such a gracious wonderful man um he took time to he had that rare ability that that some of these some of these guys just seem to have where they can make you feel when they're talking to you that you are the most important 
person in that room that you have his undivided attention, and yet you're in a room full of other people that he's talking to. (laughs) You know, I mean, he just has that ability. You know, there's just so many great things about him. I I love the man so much. I always said, Franco, I'm so grateful to you because you got me into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He goes, how's that? I go, well, your Hall of Fame picture, you know, if you look in the lower right-hand corner, that's from my knee to my foot in that lower right-hand corner. I'm in there, baby, because of you, you know? Funny. (laughs) But that that was Franco, you know I mean? He was just, he had a good laugh about it, but, you know, we enjoyed those things. Again, I remember at Three Rivers, he went over, I think it was 10,000, 11,000 yards. They, we ran a flow 36. That's me and Franco out on the hunt. I'm running. He's pushing me in the back because, as usual, I'm, he's a little bit faster than me. So he's pushing me. Like, like, you know, we crash out of bounds about 30 yards down the field. So we're coming back to the huddle, and they stop the game, and they give him the game ball where he trots over. He gives it to Tony Parisi, the equipment manager, then tr- runs back out onto the field into the huddle. I'm in the huddle, and I'm bent over. I'm breathing, wheezing, trying to get my air and everything like that. He looks at me and goes, what are you so tired about? He goes, he goes, what are you? He goes, I ran as far as you did. What are you, what are you wheezing for? And I look at him and go, I'm a fat pig. What do you want? You know? <laughs> so I think it was just, even then, he was just joking about stuff. And it was just fun. He was great. We're talking with Craig Wolfley, 10 years Steeler veteran, also the, uh, part of the Steeler Radio Network. Uh, we just love listening to you guys. It's really a great broadcast, Craig. So um, this weekend, of course, we're two days away from the 50th anniversary, the actual game itself of the Immaculate Reception. And, of course, uh, you know, on Christmas Eve, there's going to be a game uh, with the Raiders, which was uh, it all happened with. Now, you know, that it's going to go on, I, I'm sure. Sad. But it's going to be dampened. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you expect? What do you think is going to be like? Well, again, the focus has got to be on the game right now. There's some guys out there that are fighting for their playoff lives, and you got to expect that uh, that is going to be first and foremost. But there's going to be a, no doubt there's just a huge void that this creates. I mean, you wait 50 years in the making this was, and it's two days short, and it's just such a – it's a blow. You know, it's a blow to Steelers Nation. I hear a lot of – you know, heard a lot of voices this morning, people who just shared that grief because, you know, they – there's so many Steelers fans that are touched by the memories, you know. When Franco caught that ball, I was with fill in the blank. When mm-hmm. Franco yeah. crossed the touchdown into the end zone, you know, I was just outside the 75-mile uh, zone where you couldn't get the, uh, you know, the broadcast and happened to be visiting family, and I saw it, you know. And then you run into at least half a million people who were either at Woodstock or yeah, at right. Three Rivers when, right. you know, when when uh, Franco caught the ball. So Same guys. I, I just he, he just was he was larger than life, and what's going to happen this weekend is it's no doubt dampened a lot by the fact that we lost a great one. We're talking to Craig Wolfley, former Pittsburgh Steeler, um, about the death of Franco Harris. Uh, Craig, I heard uh, Seth Meyers, late night host, talking today about Franco, and just he told a really wonderful story about how his dad was such a huge fan of Franco's, and just the Immaculate Reception was just such an epic moment for him, uh, for his dad. And uh, he said that he was able, because of Franco's generosity, to share a meal together. He and Franco, Franco's family, and and Seth's dad. Mm. And uh, he said Seth's dad sat down and just told Franco all at like exactly where he was, exactly what was happening in his life when the Immaculate Reception went. And he said, Seth said he he sat back at the moment and he looked at Franco and he thought, now I'm sitting here with the only person who doesn't have to answer the question, where were you (laughs) when the Immaculate Reception happened? And he said, he was so generous with my dad. He said he must have heard 
you know, oh, 50,000 people day. tell him that story. Like, who? And he said he was just, it was just like he'd, he'd heard, this is the first story he'd ever heard. Very kind. You know, that was really sweet. Now, I was just talking before you came on the air, Craig, that President Biden tweeted about Franco um, a few hours before we went on the air saying that, um, he was someone who spent time with President Biden's sons and him after uh, Joe Biden lost his first wife and his infant daughter. And he had, mm. they had been friends for 50 years. And so when the president tweets about you, I mean, just that influence went far and wide. There's no question. And he just crossed so many boundaries and so many barriers, no matter what, you know, um, he just was he was an epic man. Um, you know, we just had him on. He was on with Pat Fryermuth and myself just a week ago. Is wow. that right, Craig? Giant Eagle. Yeah, we just did a show. And matter of fact, my wife was texting with his wife, Dana, last night to get him on the show this Friday. We're trying to arrange times. And, um, and uh, you know, it was, it, we're just going to do the show. You know, yeah, it's going right. to be on Friday. It was just a roll into uh, the great game and the weekend that was going to be. And it's just. It's amazing. When you think of the Immaculate Reception, Franco told me three things that I never knew about it when we had him on the show. Yeah. One was, you know, the, the last play was 66 fullback, halfback, or I'm sorry, halfback option, where, you know, it's it's a play that was still there when I came there. You know I mean? That was in the playbook. And when the play actually occurred, all he could think about was when the, Terry threw the ball, his, the words of Joe Paterno got in his mind and said, run to the ball. He ran to the ball. He ran full speed to the ball, and that ball ricocheted, and it's almost as if the hand of God just guided <laughs> it into his hands because he never slowed down. Wow. He said, if I had to slow down, they would have caught me because he would have had to stop, grab the ball, and then start again. And there were other people that were already running that way that yeah. would have nailed him. But because he caught it at a full gallop, he was able to outrun the last Raider cornerback. The second thing that was amazing was he left after the game, and this I'd never heard. He left after the game. He had to go catch a flight to go home. He's at the Pittsburgh airport, walks into one of the private rooms, sits down, and he's in a room full of the Oakland Raiders who are waiting on their plane to take him back. <laughs> oh, my God! Can gosh. you imagine? No. Can you imagine? No. I mean, you know, what's that one uh, What uh, airline commercial? Want to get away? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. Hey, Wolf, thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate your time here. And, and we uh, appreciate you. Yeah, we do. I mean, a brother in Christ, we know that you're out there and the excellent work that you continue to do with the Steeler Broadcast and uh, Steeler Nation. So thanks so much. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. You guys, God bless you. You as well. Craig Wolfley, talking about Franco Harris. It's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. How are you? Hey, take a big whiff. Mmm, can you smell it? The Rio Hickory wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old-fashioned hickory smoked hams. Have you ever tried a Springhouse smoked ham? The meat is so tender, it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mmm, mmm, a taste of days gone by. A Springhouse hickory smoked ham makes a great corporate gift in a big Springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half hickory smoked ham from the Springhouse. 
or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen the images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Just $30 a month can help save children for less than a dollar a day, whether it's providing emergency nutrition or protecting children fleeing from the war in Ukraine, or a child in need in any of the other 120 countries around the world where Save the Children works, your $30 a month can change everything for a child who's suffering. Call 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That hailstorm really did some damage to the house, honey. I know, and so close to Christmas. What are we going to do? Well, you know, our neighbor Eric said Bachman's Roofing helped him with his insurance claim and walked him through each step of the process. Maybe we should call them, too. Eric's wife did say Bachman's are local storm experts. Can we ask them about saving with solar roofing? I think that's a great idea. Call Bachman's Roofing and Solar at 412-744-8390 or go to pittsburgh.bachmansroofing.com. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years. Learn more about research, education, and support at Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Over a thousand U.S. faith leaders are calling for a Christmas ceasefire in Ukraine. 10 months after Russia invaded its neighbor. The leaders who represent a broad range of faiths said they hope a temporary truce could lead to the negotiations of permanent peace. But Vladimir Putin says there is no peace, there is no ceasefire. Uh, the statement says this, quote, as people of faith and conscience, believing in the sanctity of all life on this planet, we call for a Christmas truce in Ukraine. In the spirit of the truth that occur- a truce that occurred in 1914 mm-hmm. during the First World War, we urge our government to take a leadership role in bringing the war in Ukraine to an end through supporting calls for a ceasefire and negotiated settlement before the conflict results in a nuclear war that could devastate the world's ecosystems and annihilate all of annihilate all of God's creation. The signers are advocating for a ceasefire from December 24th through January the 19th, the 12th day of Christmas in the Orthodox calendar. I would say the odds of that happening are pretty slim. What do you think? I mean, I, I that would be awesome, but it would stop. also be awesome if if a if if a leader didn't invade a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I feel like a letter like maybe I'm I don't know maybe I'm wrong. Chances are I'm wrong. It just seems to me that faith leaders writing a letter like that, you're it's like shouting into the wind. I mean, you know who but you're talking. To be said. You know who you're talking to. I get that. But like, so today with Zelensky at the White House and more billions of government aid and Patriot missiles, we're just stirring the pot deeper. 
and Putin's going to push back far further, which brings us, you know, one step closer to a nuclear bomb. I don't know. I feel at this point that this is, I mean, again, I'm no military expert, which goes without saying. But I feel like at this point, because of the resolve of the of the Ukrainian army and because of the billions of dollars of support that we've put into Ukraine, um, Russia's in the weakest position they've been in in six months. Sure. So do you think they're going to they're going to stop? I don't know. I think they're all in. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, at different times in smaller conflicts, they have stepped back. And so this might be in the Chechen conflict, they stepped back. I mean, after after they introduced horror into Chechnya, but they did step back. I don't know. Is it hope for the pray for the peace? Pray for peace, of course. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Carol Platt. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.